When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. That makes this Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. If you didn't know, how's it going? It's going great. Your nails are still shiny. <laughs> I got my first manicure last week, and I went for the clear coat. And uh, I didn't know the undercoat. I didn't know this about Chuck. No, that's an overcoat. Yeah, that's an overcoat. I didn't know this about Chuck, but he um, bites his nails, so oh, yeah. he has very shiny, well-trimmed half-nail stubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and little bleedy cuticles. It's like you have some sort of like keratin deficiency or something. Let's go with that. But it's very shiny. So or like could, the could, keratin you do have is radioactive. <laughs> yes. Or I could fake like I have a keratin deficiency. Speaking of faking, Chuck, that's yeah. just amazing that you said that word. Because we're going to talk about a syndrome uh-huh. wherein people, perfectly healthy people, yeah. or at least who start out healthy, fake their own illness. I know. Bear with me. Yeah? Okay. Have you seen the movie The Sixth Sense? Uh, yeah. Have you seen the television show, The O.C.? No. You've never seen The O.C.? No. Oh. I used to be hooked on that show. Really? Oh, yeah. Is that why you got rid of TV? <laughs> yeah, I was One like, reasons. It, I, I can't, I, it's ruining my life. Right. Um, I can't remember the girl's name in The O.C., but she plays the girl in The Sixth Sense who dies and who shows up to Haley Joel Osment's character. Is it Misha Barton? Like the, yes, yes. The lead girl? Yeah, yeah. Really? She was the little girl in that? Yeah, she was. The, she had to vomit, and remember, she was like hanging outside of his tent and yeah, just man. scaring the tar out of him. Out of me, too. Well, yeah, uh-huh. but she turned out to be okay. She's just a little upset that her mom was feeding her pine salt, right? Right. And uh, she eventually dies. She'd videotaped herself. I hope everyone's seen The Sixth Sense. If you haven't, I'm actually not really spoiling it. There's a way the I could daddy. spoil it way worse <laughs> than this. But... um. She uh, videotapes her mother poisoning her soup with pine salt, and her mom is outed for having what's called Munchausen's by proxy. And that's a derivative of what's called Munchausen syndrome, right? Munchausen? That's another way to put it. Yeah, they also call it uh, FII. Have you heard of that? Uh, factitious. Close. Fabricated or induced illness. Where's the other F? Or FII. FII, induced illness. Yeah. Yeah. My brain didn't function correctly. <laughs> but yeah, you were going to say facetious disorder, which is what it is. Factitious. Oh, is it factitious? Yeah. Oh, I feel like a dummy now. 
I was like, yeah, it is pretty facetious. <laughs> I remember when I came across the word facetious, I, I used it in um, my everyday vocabulary, or tried to, and um, I but I was reading it in books here or there, yeah. and never put the two together. So oh, really? finally, I'm like, what is that word? And I sounded it out, and facetious, facetious, facetious. I was like, oh, that's facetious. Oh, yeah. No, fastidious. Is that what you were thinking? No. Oh, okay. It's like facet, like the facet of a diamond. Uh huh. I O U S. And this is fastidious. I've been reading this wrong. Okay. No, this is factitious. Factitious. Man, I'm a dummy. Jerry's in there shaking her Should head. Should we keep this in? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. All right, let's do this. Okay, so um, this is a Mun- Munchausen, or as you say it, Munchausen mm-hmm. syndrome, is a, a really mysterious disorder. Um, it, people imagine it's extremely rare. Um, but we have no idea how prevalent it is because one of the hallmark characteristics of Munchausen, Munchausen syndrome, is that is dishonesty. Yeah. Right? Like you don't want to admit you have it. That's the whole point. No. And, and to define it, it's, it's where somebody who is not ill either fakes an illness mm-hmm. or makes themselves intentionally ill in order to be able to go seek medical care and or sympathy and empathy from friends, neighbors, relatives for you know, having an illness inflicted upon them. Yeah. It's That's, like uh, Fight Club. Remember? The, yeah, the tourists. And, uh-huh. Uh, Ed Norton and uh, Helena Bonham Carter visit uh, support groups for illnesses to get, you know, get attention and feel a part of a club, I guess. Right. Exactly. And that's actually, there's a new thing called Munchausen by Internet. Yeah, that's a big one. And that's like a new deal where you go online to online support groups and feign being sick just to feel like you're fitting in, I guess. Right. It's and really it, sad. It is sad, but as we'll figure out, um, Mun- Munchausen by Internet is actually kind of a, um, it provides somewhat less harmful sucker to people who need that, right? So you're still feeding this pathological illness. It's not mental as dangerous, illness, sure. I get it. But Mentally, it's just as dangerous. Physically, it's not. Right. Because you're getting what you want, what you crave, what you need, which is that attention. Right. And that sympathy. But you're not having to, like, inject gasoline to get it. And you're not going to the doctors and you're not running up insurance uh, premiums that shouldn't be there. Right. uh, All all that bad stuff that happens with the real Munchausen. Well, let's talk about the the history of this. Well, uh, 1951, I think, was when it was first described by Richard Asher. In uh, the Lancet, right? That's when it first got its name. Oh, okay, I read somewhere that there's like biblical accounts of people like, like, basically doing harm to themselves to get really? attention. Yeah. Well, I know I don't want to say it makes sense, but it makes sense that it goes back that long. Because what better way, if you're very lonely, than to get people to feel sorry for you than to like jump in a wheelchair all of a sudden or something? Right. A, a prehistoric wheelchair, exactly. Or at least a um, yeah. So he named it in the Lancet, and he named it after, of course, Baron von Munchausen, who was the 18th century German military man who uh, apparently went off to fight uh, the Russians. The Turks. The Turks, mm-hmm. and came back with all these fanciful stories that people thought were largely probably made up to get attention. Right. And there's this uh, Munchausen Appreciation Society who like actually like the guy and like the tales. Um and they've only they've been able to pin three tales to the actual Baron Munchausen. Oh, really? But they um, there's you know whole books of what he supposedly right these tales he supposedly told. And then Terry Gilliam got a hold of them. Well, yeah, of course we'll be uh, remiss without saying 
former Monty Python alum, made that great movie. Did you see it? Yeah, The Adventures of Barry Monty. I've not seen it. Uh, It was good. It seemed good. I I think it was Uma Thurman's first role, if I'm not mistaken. Was she in it? Yeah. That's very neat. Very young Uma. From from The Adventures of Baron Munchausen to Super Mom? My super ex-girlfriend? Yeah, what was the one where she's a mom, though, that came out even more recently? I don't know. She's She's been in a bit of a tailspin lately. We like Uma, though. Uh, Uma and Oprah. <laughs> oh, that's a classic bit. We should probably get back to the serious timber. Yes, um, we should point out that it is not hypochondria, because hypochondriacs actually believe that they're sick. Right. And uh, people with Munchausen disorder, they know they're not sick. They're trying to pretend that they're sick. Right. Um, there's another, um, I don't know if you call it a disorder, there's another state of mind that someone can be in called malingering. And that's where you pretend to be sick either for financial gain or to get out of work, like um, maybe from Arrested Development, when she had that alter ego who was wheelchair bound and like raised right. a bunch of contributions yeah, yeah. for her. Yeah. I think everyone's malingered at one point or another, if it's to get out of work. Right. I, I guess even just sending an email like, uh, uh, yeah, that's malingering. Yeah. <laughs> huh. In fact, the next time I do that, I'm going to just put in the subject line malingering right. and see if anyone even notices what that means. That's way worse than, um, or it sounds way worse than playing hooky. Yeah. You know, malingering. Right. Sounds like you're defrauding somebody. So why would someone do this? Well, um, there's a lot of reasons. The underlying reason, the underlying um, part of the disorder is that it's psychological, they believe, right? Right. It's a part of a personality disorder, and there's a number of risk factors that um, people who have Munchausen syndrome uh, tend to exhibit. Like um, they were, they either lost a parent while they were young, or right. they were abandoned by a parent. It's another big one. Yeah. They may have um, <clears throat> had some sort of prolonged childhood illness. Yeah. Is one. Um, they. Some are uh, want to be doctors and nurses. Yes. Yes. They, they can't. Maybe couldn't get a job in the medical profession. Or never wanted to try hard enough because it's kind of hard to do that. Sure. It's easier to just, you know, hurt yourself. Fake it before you make it. <laughs> uh, and then you've got um, sexual, physical, emotional abuce. Yeah. It, this is this provides some sort of outlet. It's a really, I guess, really the easiest way to understand it is uh, these people who need to be, who need attention, who need to be taken care of, right. who just need more than they're willing to ask for overtly, right. have found an easy street between where where they are and where they need to be as far as attention goes. Well, it's interesting you say that because they do point out passive-aggressive personality. And mm-hmm. a lot oh, of yeah. these people, if you could just teach them, like, you know, if you need more support and love, then you should be able to ask for that. But this is like... The ultimate in passive aggressive, I think. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, so when you're when you're addressing Munchausen syndrome, mm-hmm. you um, would usually treat it like you would depression or anxiety, right? And just kind of approach it from that route. Sure. And I imagine probably as well as using cognitive behavioral therapy, where it's like, no, no, don't don't do that anymore. Don't right. eat that salt. Snap the rubber band on your wrist. And <laughs> exactly. Remind yourself wrist if you're lucky. Um, <laughs> what else are we talking about, Chuck? Oh, some more defining characteristics. Usually people who have Munchausen syndrome are young or middle-aged, although there is a record of a guy who is pretty much a Munchausen patient his whole life. He became famous. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get to him, right? That was... Uh, is that the cherry? <laughs> nod, yeah. And then, so what do they do? I mean, how do you, 
how do you feign illness? Well, this is where it gets really interesting because it goes anywhere from just lying, but it's not just a lie. It's, it's usually very specific. Like they say that any symptom that can't be like proven medically mm-hmm. is what they'll usually use. And they always say it's very, very specific, like textbook symptom that they clearly read from a book. So they said, hey, if I say that I'm this, this, and this, right. then I can get this attention. But the problem is, is if, if, you know, these doctors use these same physician desk references, so they go look up this, this, and this, and they go, oh, well, it's probably this. Right. So I'm going to treat it with nitroglycerin. The problem is, if you're faking these three symptoms and the nitroglycerin doesn't have any effect, that should raise some red flags for your, you know, physician or nurse, yeah, right? Absolutely. That, that's a big problem with, um, with, um, Munchausen syndrome is that eventually people are going to start to get suspicious. Right. Right? Yeah, And yeah. you're lying, too. So it's not like you can just hide behind your conviction. You're hiding behind a lie, which I think is, is much more stressful. Well, and the, they'll go even further. I mean, that's just the basic lies told. People will also physically inflict harm upon themselves. Everything from, uh, well, this isn't really harm on yourself, but like heating up your thermometer Right, tampering with stuff. Like Henry and E.T. Yeah, he was. Uh, he clearly had Munchausen syndrome. Well, he was trying to get out of school, though, so he was really malingering. Oh, okay. To stay with E.T. Yeah. But um, that is something that they will do, uh, injecting yourself with uh, toxins, tainting your urine samples. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which you could use samples. anything for that. I mean, even like a little salt in your urine will yeah. change things. Blood, mm-hmm. if you put a little blood in your urine or your stool. Taking medications you shouldn't be taking. Yeah, or just poisoning yourself. Yeah, in any in any way, shape, or form. But apparently, injecting is is fairly common. Um, and then you said also when you were talking about feigning illness and, and choosing specific um, symptoms. Yeah, they may also take a different route and and choose very broad symptoms like chest pain. Ah, uh, yeah. Or um, like nausea or something like that. So it could, could be anything. Do, yeah, that'll just tie a doctor up for hours if not days. Which is what they want is more and more attention. Right. It's like, "Oh, you're going to have to come in tomorrow too." They're probably like, "Sweet." Right. And and one of the one of the reasons that tying a doctor up is just great is because within those hours this doctor's going to get more and more baffled and order more and more tests. Right. And one of the if, if the doctor's paying attention, he or she would notice that the Munchausen patient is more than happy to do this next test. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, stick that there. Right. Or maybe even suggest it. Like, shouldn't you do this test and stick that there? Those are two uh, characteristics or two um, um, symptoms of Munchausen syndrome is that you are very willing, if not eager, right, to undergo right, right. any and every test that they want to do. Whereas most people are probably... You know, They're like, um, do you have to do that? Yeah, or, like, are you tomorrow. sure? Is there another thing to do? Right. right. Um, and then uh, uh, extensive knowledge about um, tests and procedures and symptoms and uh, the inner workings of a hospital. Those two things should be big red flags if you are a physician and you suspect, you know, you're having kind of trouble dealing with somebody's right symptoms, but not because you're dumb. Because you're trying everything. Well, yeah. And uh, inconsistency is one thing to look for in your medical history. Mm-hmm. They say, well, you're in here for uh, high blood pressure. You were in here last year for low blood, uh, blood pressure. Right. So that's a little weird. Yeah. Because I think, I, I would imagine if you're getting what you need, and especially if it's like a standard kind of um, pathological behavior, 
mm-hmm. where it builds up and up. Like, remember we talked about kleptomania? Yeah, yeah. Like, the urge just builds up and builds up and be, until it becomes irresistible, and afterwards, there's this catharsis, mm-hmm. and then the guilt or whatever. Yeah. It, I, I, don't, I didn't see it anywhere, but if Munchausen syndrome is like that, one would imagine that you kind of lose touch with your previous lies. Yeah, I would and, imagine And you're so. not looking at it as a big picture thing, like, of I'm going to do this history. for the rest of my life. Right. It's very, like... <laughs> You know, let's let's do it now and get right. this done and get this over with. And maybe if they actually sat down and saw their medical re- uh, history sheet, they'd say, "Ooh, right, need to uh, take this in a different direction." I um I read an account of a guy who um, feigned bereavement. It was called factitious bereavement, and he showed up at the hospital um, and was committed for like four weeks because he was um, grieving over the car accident death of his wife mm. seven weeks earlier and the heart attack death of his mother three weeks earlier, and then he was interviewed. He was giving a family history, and three of his 14 siblings had died young from things like throat cancer, mm-hmm. s- some other accident, another thing. Um, and they they started asking this guy more and more questions, and he wouldn't produce, like, a photo of his wife, and he wouldn't let anybody talk to his family. Right. And they started to get kind of suspicious. Finally, contacted, found out who his family was, contacted his mother, who was alive, his 11 siblings were all doing well. He mm-hmm. didn't have 14, and three hadn't died, and he was never married. And wow. when they confronted him with this stuff, he just continued to lie and lie and lie. So right. there's, there's a pathological bent, pathological lying wow. aspect to Munchausen. Oh, yeah. Which is called Pseudological Fantastica. Wow. Yeah. Well, you brought up an important point, not letting family be involved. That's a big tell, too. If you yeah. they say, you know, you should probably bring your husband in and... Uh, like, oh, no, no, no. We don't need to involve him. Right. Let's or just... or he's dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to talk to him. He's dead. <laughs> it's not funny at all. <laughs> hey there. Are you thirsty? Well, before you take a sip, have you stopped to think about what's in your water? Many conventional bottled waters contain PFAS, harmful substances known as forever chemicals. But... You can drink water as clean as nature intended. Richard's rainwater collects 100% pure, refreshing drops of rain. Yes, it really is rain, everybody. This rain is caught clean before it hits the ground or becomes polluted with pesticides and contaminants commonly found in groundwater. Yep, Richard's rainwater is naturally pure with no need for harsh chemicals or additives. That means no added fluoride, no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics, no nothing. And you can enjoy the clean taste of Richard's still rainwater and the long-lasting cold-pressured bubbles of Richard's sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com. And we even have a special offer, don't we, Josh? Yeah, text STUFF to 2512-928887, and you'll get $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's rainwater. Sip the sky. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. 
Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! So that's Munchausen syndrome. Um, there's a high risk of suicide with Munchausen. Probably accidental suicide. I mean, people that go too far by accident or they just know. come at th- to the end of the rope. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I heard come to the end of the rope is terrible. Oh, I don't mean it like that. Um, 30 to 70% is what I saw, but I don't know. Maybe it would be accidental suicide. Interesting. I don't even know if there is such a thing. But there's also all sorts of other myriad problems that arise from Munchausen syndrome, right? Like um, real illness. Like if you're a Munchausen sufferer, happily, you can eventually make yourself like genuinely ill Yeah. Um, from injecting toxins sure. and stuff. Um, I read another account of a guy who's, um, who'd suffered a number of amputations, medical amputations. He was missing like pieces of his fingers. He would have body Most parts removed. Toes, he he forced like the doctors to do it. Wow. He would cut himself. He he kept a little knife and a little bag of liquid feces on him at all times, because his thing was to cut and then smear poop on the cut to make sure it got infected. Let it fester. Go seek medical attention. It was far too late and have his limbs amputated. Have his extremities amputated. Wow. But apparently the cut and smear mm-hmm. is. Not he's not the only one doing that. The cut and smear. That's what I've dubbed it. I was about to say if it has a name. No, I just made up. The oh, name. Okay. Well, that's what I'd call it. Cut and smear. Well, clearly one of the biggest problems too is not just the harm you're doing yourself, but you're tying up doctors' time. Mm-hmm. You're you're spending money, if not your money, uh, maybe it's Medicare or whatever insurance carrier you have. Mm-hmm. It's very wasteful and it's taking up time doctors have to treat real patients. Yeah. When you need to be treated by a mental health professional is what you need. And a lot of these um, guys, too, when you're talking about tying up physicians' time, they'll go um, at times when there's different staff, lesser staff, so like weekend, nights, holidays, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. So when they tie up, because there'll be different people who haven't met them before and aren't right. familiar with them. Um, so when they're tying up people's time, they're really tying up their time. Yeah. You know? No good. So that's traditional Munkhausen. Which is bad. Yeah. But it gets worse. Yeah. Munchausen like, by proxy. Right. Twenty years after the guy um Richard Asher, Dr. Richard Asher, um coined the term Munchausen syndrome. Uh another guy named um Roy Meadows yeah. uh coined the term Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And that one is not as recognized readily recognized as real as Munchausen syndrome. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you run into that? Uh, recognized as, uh, what do you mean? Well, I, I like ran... proven? Yeah. Yeah. Scientifically proven. It's, I think the way that I'm seeing it is it's viewed by some as more like, remember the satanic worshiper hysteria of the 80s? Uh-huh. It kind of falls into line with that. Although this is much more established than that is. Like, uh, the AMA recognizes it, the American Psychological Association recognizes it. Right. But it's still, it's easily, it's a lot more easily misconstrued than Munchausen syndrome is. Gotcha. Because there's another person who's being harmed. Yeah. And because they're usually children, right? 
Well, yeah, this is the deal. It's usually children, but not always. It's basically you're a caregiver to somebody, mm-hmm. um, and you are maybe poisoning them. You maybe are uh, smothering them so they develop breathing problems. Uh, there's all sorts of awful, abusive things that you can do right. to bring your child in, and that's when, I mean, you talk about getting sympathy is when you run into a hospital with your baby mm-hmm. uh, saying, my baby is sick, my baby is sick. Or even worse, a dead baby. Yeah, and that happens, sadly, all the time. Well, the first two cases um, that that the guy, uh, Roy Meadows, Dr. Roy Meadows, um, described were, one of them was a dead kid, um, little 14-month-old Charles, whose mom had been feeding him salt. Yeah. And kept bringing him back to the hospital, and doctors had no idea what was going on, and eventually he died. Uh, the other one was a little girl, right? Uh, yeah, her name was Kay, and she was six, and she was admitted 12 times for a urinary tract infection, treated with all kinds of antibiotics, and none of them ever worked. And that's obviously the doctors were like, something's going on here. Yeah. Or at least Roy Meadow was. Well, he, he wrote a study about both of these cases, called it Munchausen by proxy, and just basically like changed everything. Yeah. I mean, he took this fairly obscure disease, um, and turned it into this huge, uh, almost hysterical entity. Yeah. Uh, one of the problems is if you are suspected of this, at least in the States, and I think the UK is big on it too, but if you're suspected of this, um, all a, a physician has to do is say, uh, you know, call family and children's services or whatever you call it in sure. your county or state. And say, I think I have a Munchausen um, case here. Mm-hmm. A, a, a social worker comes, takes your kid, and then you go through the hoops to prove that you don't have it. Right. The the burden of proof is on the parent who's been accused. Yeah, this is a tricky one. Very. Because we got, we'll talk about this uh, doctor. Well, we could talk about him right now. Southall? Yeah, Dr. David Southall in England. Uh, very controversial guy who conducted some ex- hidden video experiments, mm-hmm. surveillance in the 90s. And uh, in hospitals. So what he would do was he would videotape these parents uh, inflicting harm on their kids for cases that they suspected it was Munchausen. Right. And in the end, he got 33 of these uh, 39 suspected abusers were prosecuted. 23 were diagnosed with FII. And you think, well, that's awesome. But it's also like you're videotaping someone doing harm to a kid. Mm-hmm. It was very, very controversial. And this guy has been... Removed and put back on the uh, the list, the GMC, General Medical Council, which means you can practice medicine in England. Right. He's been on and off of this thing for years. Yeah. And I think just this year, he was finally reinstated again. Right. They finally said, we're not going to go after this guy anymore. Yeah. But tell him about the, the big <laughs> the documentary. Well, he accused these, um, these parents publicly of um, killing their two sons yeah. based on a TV documentary he saw on them. Yeah, well, the woman was already convicted of killing the sons. Right. And then he was watching the documentary and said, you know, I think the husband, Stephen, was the guy. And then that was that. that was like that. A, a huge inquisition was launched yeah. and like this guy's life was turned up on, you know, upside down. Um, and there were a lot of accusations like that. I get the feeling from this guy that he was one of those, uh, if you look for it, you're going to find it. Kind of guys, right? Think about the prevalence in one hospital that he was able to document thirty, thirty-three, uh, thirty-nine total that he was spying on. 
Yeah. 33 were prosecuted. He was able to document 33 cases of Munchausen by proxy. I mean, like, the, that means the prevalence is like probably more than half of the global population yeah. suffers from Munchausen by proxy in that case. Like, if that's the case. You know what I mean? Well, I thought these were special cases he was surveilling. No? I don't know. I don't think it was just random. Okay. Well, that would definitely change the, the ratio. <laughs> but still. And thanks for that, but still. <laughs> I don't even know what I meant by that. So if, if, if there there are people also out there um, who question if Munchausen by proxy does exist. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Apparently, um, there's a lot of accusations that fly at parents of autistic kids. Ah. There's a, a sub- term that's been coined called Asperger's by, by proxy. Really? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of autistic parents who are like, oh, yeah? Yeah, is that what you think? Oh, so not saying my kid is sick, like ill with, uh, no. physically ill, but my child has Asperger's? Yeah. And the physicians are like, no, your kid doesn't. It's you. You're doing this to him. Oh. You're developmentally delaying your kid for attention or whatever. Right. It, again, it, if it does exist... It, you know, clearly the kid needs protection from mm-hmm. the parent. This is the Absolutely. parent almost sure. every time is doing it. I think 98% of the time it's the mom. Yeah. But you're also running the risk of taking the, a kid away from, you know, perfectly normal parents. Right. Right. Um, and apparently the other big bone of contention is the people who make this diagnosis almost every time is a pediatrician, right? not a psychiatrist or right. a psychologist. All a pediatrician has to do is pick up the phone and say, I think i got a Munchausen case here. Get over here. Right. Get this kid. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's important you said it's 98% of the time it's by the mother, and that's that's what is going on most times. It is, the cases are all sort of the same, and, and there's a, a woman mm-hmm. who's the generally responsible for the stay-at-home parenting. Maybe the husband is not very involved in giving them enough attention, and one way to stop that in its tracks is to make your baby sick. Yeah. That's what happened with this one lady, May, Mary Beth Tinning. Mm-hmm. Between 72 and 85, all nine of her children died. And uh, she was very distraught and got lots and lots of sympathy. Mm-hmm. Was arrested in 86, and it turns out that she had smothered her children uh, with a pillow. And then they asked the husband, and he said, quote, you have to trust your wife. She has her things to do, and as long as she gets them done, you don't ask questions. <laughs> so that's kind of the typical case of this uninvolved husband, clearly uninvolved husband. Uh, that's beyond uninvolved. That's like yeah. apathetic. Yeah, exactly. Almost. Uh, that's allegedly apathetic. Allegedly. And she was convicted um, for real in 87 and sentenced to 20 years, and that's one of the saddest cases I've ever heard. There's another one, um, Juanita Hoyt. Uh, you know, SID, Sudden Inf- Infant Death Syndrome, uh-huh. still is a medical mystery. Um, but there there was uh, a time when they thought that it ran in families, and they were hot on the trail of explaining SIDS as like a genetic uh, disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was based on a woman named Juanita Hoyt, who um, had six children die between 1965 and 1971. And the, her primary physician wrote a study that kind of made a name for himself as a career, um, as an expert on SIDS, based on this woman's experience. Uh. And um, in the 90s, a uh, I guess a, a local prosecutor heard about this story and, and was suspicious and started digging around, and it turned out that this lady had killed her kids, all six of them. That's awful. But not only had killed her kids, had also derailed the investigation of SIDS. Yeah, exactly. Also raised a lot of questions of... What 
what does account for SIDS? Is there such a thing as SIDS? Is it all cases of mothers killing their children? Right. Um, it, 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 there, there's, there's a lot of questions about what percentage of mysterious infant deaths uh-huh. are related to, you know, foul play. Well, and that, that's just a prime example of all the ramifications that Munchausen has. Yeah. Not just on your child, but like, Diverting the path of medical research. Yeah. And, and not only that, though, Chuck, again, we keep coming back to, you know, imagine being a parent who lost your kid. You have no idea how. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and now other people are accusing you of killing your kid. Right. Okay. So, Chuck, if for the, the, the idea that Munchausen by proxy, uh, does exist, as I said, is endorsed by the AMA and the APA, what are some of the, um, what are some of the symptoms of it? By proxy? Yeah. Uh, one of the things is that the symptoms don't match the test results. Mm-hmm. One thing is sometimes a caregiver is actually a nurse or works in the healthcare industry. Uh, they could be siblings. Uh, the child might have died under weird circumstances. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the same as the adult things. There's a mysterious, unexplained symptoms that aren't going away. Uh, not met, you know, bizarre medical history. Mm-hmm. All these things are red flags. And there's also, um, it's prevalent in healthcare workers. Remember with Munchausen syndrome, you wanted to be a healthcare worker? Yeah. In Munchausen by proxy, you may be a healthcare worker. Yeah, I said that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Well, you, so you know, like the angels of death? Uh huh. Like, uh, the, that's a type of Munchausen by proxy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, people who, like, kill the elderly. There's a doctor, I think, the United Kingdom's most prolific serial killer Mm -hmm. was a a physician who just, like, dispatched his patients. He was, like, treating them but really killing them. Yeah. And he killed a lot of people. Wow. Well, speaking of a lot of things, we can't close without talking about William, uh, how do you pronounce that, Michael Hoy? Yeah. He is uh, in the Guinness Book of World Records, actually, because (laughs) he um, had 400 operations in 100 different hospitals to the tune of $4 million, But because it's Britain, it's all subsidized health care. So that's a lot of dough going to this one guy. Mm -hmm. And he uh, didn't have any of these things. He was a a Munkhauser. Can I say that? I think you can. (laughs) It's not funny, because he eventually died. Well, actually, he just died in a retirement home, so it doesn't really say that he might have died from any of his treatments. Yeah, I wonder, though. Yeah. Was he a Munkhauser cut and smear? Cut and smear know. Munkhauser? 400 operations. He was cutting and smearing something. Um, I've got one for you. Let's hear it. So, remember we talked about Mun- Munchausen by Internet? Uh, yeah. So, there was like this, the first description came in the 90s. Obviously, you can't have Munchausen by Internet before the Internet was around. You'd be a, a very far ahead of your time. But... Very, very quickly, right off the bat, there was a huge, what was first termed by the New York Times as a hoax. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little 19-year-old spunky, very uh, positive 19-year-old named Casey Swenson who lived in Kansas. And she kept what um, the New York Times referred to in 2001 as a weblog uh-huh. right? yeah. of her um, battle with leukemia, uh. which she lost in May 2001. And she had this huge following of, of people who really genuinely cared and were supportive of her and were pulling for her and mm-hmm. let her know. Um, and then in May 2001, they, they went to the weblog and found news that Casey had died. And um, 
I, I don't know who exactly got suspicious, but people started looking at uh, Casey's mother, who actually turned out to be Casey. There was no Casey ever. Wow. This woman just created this whole fictitious character to that had leukemia uh-huh. and, and who died and received like cards and presents and wow. flowers and condolences for a kid that never existed. You know, if I was going to fake something on the Internet, I would fake that I'm awesome. Like I would make. What I'd do be, you think we're doing right now? Well, I mean, I'd be, <laughs> exactly. I would be like uh, the Walter Mitty style. I would just make up these uh, awesome stories about myself. Yeah, but I mean, this is a real mental disorder. It's not. I'm not making life that same. <laughs> no, not, well, you guys should just choose to be awesome instead of sick. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying that. No, I don't think that. Uh, I, I sincerely hope no one took it like that. No, but you'd be surprised with these emails. <laughs> Hey there, are you thirsty? Well, before you take a sip, have you stopped to think about what's in your water? Many conventional bottled waters contain PFAS, harmful substances known as forever chemicals. But you can drink water as clean as nature intended. Richard's rainwater collects 100% pure, refreshing drops of rain. Yes, it really is rain, everybody. This rain is caught clean before it hits the ground or becomes polluted with pesticides and contaminants commonly found in groundwater. Yep, Richard's rainwater is naturally pure with no need for harsh chemicals or additives. That means no added fluoride, no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics, no nothing. And you can enjoy the clean taste of Richard's still rainwater and the long-lasting cold-pressured bubbles of Richard's sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com. And we even have a special offer, don't we, Josh? Yeah, text STUFF to 2512-928887 and you'll get $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's rainwater. Sip the sky. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Uh, and then lastly, there I ran across a case of a double Munchausen case. Munchausen and Munchausen by proxy in the same mother-daughter duo. The yeah. mother used to inject her daughter, with her daughter's knowledge, with bacteria. And had been doing it for so long, the daughter had both kidneys removed and was on full dialysis. So she was in on it too, basically? Yeah. she. The mother had Munchausen by proxy. And she just had Munchausen, And the daughter was both a Munchausen... By proxy victim... And Munchausen, uh, yes. Well, before you send in emails about the X-Files and ER and Eminem. Sorry, Mama. Yeah, all three of them. uh, Here, do your Eminem. I'm sorry, Mama. (laughs) That's all I'm doing. Eminem had a a lyric that said, uh, going through public housing systems, victim of Munchausen syndrome. My whole life I was made to believe I was sick when I wasn't. And it was on uh, the X-Files, 
they investigated Munchausen by proxy. Yeah, I don't was, remember um, that one, do you? Yeah, I don't remember that either. I was always into the, uh, like the, the real plot line arc of the whole series was okay with the smoking man and all that. Yeah. And the, you know, Mulder sister. I liked how they mixed it up though. But I liked the just standalone, mm-hmm. like there's a shapeshifter in the forest. Right, or, or, um, uh, Ponce de Leon's men are still yeah. living in Florida because yeah. they discovered the fountain, but they turn into little invisible weirdos. I didn't watch that show at the time, but the standalone ones were like Scooby Doo's. Hint, hint. But I didn't watch that show when it was on for real at all. And then when it went into reruns Monday through Friday, I watched it the whole series. Yeah, know, in a so year. good. Yeah, it was I really love good. those those two. Those movies were pretty good too. Yeah. Well, that's it for um, this episode on the X Files. If you want to learn more about it, type X Files. Were we? Was it X Files? Munchausen. Yeah. Type Munchausen. You want to spell it for him? Yeah, it's uh, M-U-N-C-H-A-U-S-U-S-E-N. You want to do it again? M-U-N-C-H-A-U-S-E-N. Munchausen. Right? Yes. And I would, I would, I should have done a bell at the first one. Ding. Oh, because I missed it? Okay. You can type that into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com to learn more about this mysterious and extremely fascinating disease. Um, and until then, let's do some listener mail. Josh, this is a maybe a weird listener mail to put at the end of this one. Are we doing it on this one? This is a very, very special listener mail. Okay. And everyone should listen to this one because it's pretty, pretty cool. Do, are we going to put a drum roll in at all? I think we should at some point. Okay. Uh, Doug lives in uh, North Idaho. Doug and I were riding back and forth last week about fishing, trout fishing. Okay. I don't remember how it started, but it started. Okay. And I fish for trout here and there in North Georgia. It's sort of fun. I'm not like the hugest fisherman. Mm-hmm. And Doug is an avid, I think, fly fisherman. Okay. So we were just kind of chit-chatting, and he said that he and his uh, girlfriend, uh, Kina... Uh, she's uh, now gotten him, or he got her hooked on the show, and he said, "I know you'll never read this." And Kina's just making fun of me right now. Right. And I said, "You tell Kina to shut it." That's not very nice. And he wrote back and said, "She's laughing that we're emailing." And he said, "Shut it." And this is the best thing ever. <laughs> and uh, he said, "But guys, her birthday is February second, and uh, I got a plan that I want to hatch. So right now, as you people are listening, I don't know about right this second. But over the next day, on February 2nd, at some point, Doug is in his car. Uh-huh. He's, he's with Kina right now. How's it going, Kina? And she's probably going, what's going on here? This is weird. <laughs> she's uh, she's laughing nervously. She's laughing she's nervously. She's maybe like, trying the door handle to see if it's locked. <laughs> yeah. But Doug is actually the one who is nervous because Doug has something very important to say. And that is... Kina... He would like you to be his wife. He's, he's asking you to marry him right now. We sort of are, but we're not marrying you. It's actually Doug. And this is uh, this is a first for us. <laughs> this is a marriage proposal. Right here on the show, somewhere in Idaho, Kina should hopefully have a ring on her finger at this point. Don't you think? What do we do if... If the answer is no? Yeah. I guess we'll hear from Doug. Yeah. We won't break it to people, though. I think we should go ahead on the premise that she says yes. All right. So, I mean, what else can we say? <laughs> I can't believe we just said that. Yeah. Doug the Trout Fisherman is marrying uh, Kina, and congratulations. Mazel tov. Again. Da-da. Right. Yeah. 
So, I mean, where do we go from here? I don't know. It's like we should probably just like fade out with us wondering. I guess so. Send us an email, right? Yeah. Stuff Podcast, HowStuffWorks.com. Holy cow. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Are you thirsty? Well, Richard's rainwater is caught clean before it even hits the ground. Rain is naturally pure, so there's no need for harsh chemicals or additives. Richard's rainwater contains no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics, no nothing. Enjoy the smooth, clean taste of still rainwater or the cold pressured bubbles of sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com. And for a coupon, text STUFF to 251-292-8887 and receive $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's Rainwater. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.